0: Hey there, stackers and financial grown-ups. I don't think you expected to hear from me, did you? You expected to hear the sweet sounds of Bobby Rebel kicking off today's episode about WeWork. And if you've been following the story, you will know that this story has already had several dominoes fall since we recorded it. Uh, coming to us from the New York Times and every place else, WeWork CEO Adam Newman steps down under pressure. Uh, this written by David Gellis, uh, Michael J. Uh, De La Marquette, and Peter Ervis, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Uh, Adam Newman turned WeWork into one of the most valuable startups in the world, largely through the force of his outsized personality. He persuaded investors to give him billions of dollars and employees to believe that the shared office company was changing the world. And they also said that same mix of ambition and idealism forced Mr. Newman to step down as chief executive after a lengthy board meeting on Tuesday. So how about that? On Bobby's poll, which you'll hear about today, you called it, I think 91% of you? Well, you'll hear it in the show. But these lessons that we have about this, still very, very relevant. And we're excited to play this for you. And congratulations, all you Nostradamuses. We all kind of called it together that Adam Newman was headed out the door, and now it appears that that is true. So without further ado, let's go into today's Money with Friends.
1: What kind of changes could be coming to the We Company, a.k.a. WeWork, as it works to become a publicly traded company? How badly does it need the cash to fuel its relentless growth? And how will needing cash impact the company's strategic decisions? Will its controversial founder remain the CEO despite extreme pressure from investors who have the money that he needs? And what can we all learn from all the drama? As the writer of the story, Will call, we'll Discuss calls it a possible palace coup. Plus, we reveal our poll results on what you, our friends, think and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends Podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up Podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City.
0: And coming to you from Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai.
1: This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And now we do it for you guys six days a week. How about that, Joe?
0: It is incredible, and a solution that works for you seven days a week is Tiller Money. How about that segue, huh? Ninja, (laughs) telling you, Ninja. Uh, A new way to automatically track your financial life with spreadsheets, introducing powerful new tools to automatically import your daily finances into Google Sheets or Microsoft Excel with free templates and a user community to get you started. Head to uh, Tiller Excuse me. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Tiller, T-I-L-L-E-R, for more. Almost messed that up, but I think we got it. And one guy who might not have it anymore, a.k.a. his job, is the founder of WeWork.
1: Well, let's say he might not have the CEO title. He's doing fine, and he's got a lot of cash Uh from this venture at WeWork. So no one's crying for Adam Newman, but uh, we're going to talk about his future in the role of CEO and the future of
0: the uh, WeWork IPO. Yeah. Let's see who's kicking this off for us today. This is Andy from Derby, Vermont. The money talking party starts now. It's time for money with friends.
1: Here we go from Bloomberg. Pressure mounts on WeWork CEO Adam Newman as board weighs coup, and this is by Gillian Tan, Sarah McBride, and Michelle Davis. SoftBank's Masayoshi Sun supports Newman's ouster as CEO. Bankers are anxiously awaiting the board's next move. The knives are out for WeWork CEO Adam Newman with the drama of a palace coup. Some directors are considering a plan to encourage the brash co-founder of the once high-flying real estate startup to step down as chief executive, according to people familiar with the situation. Among them, masayoshi Son, the founder of SoftBank, WeWork's biggest investor, a person familiar said. The board plans to meet on Monday, people familiar said, in what would be a remarkable showdown between the 40-year-old Newman and his billionaire backer. The directors are said to be considering asking him to become non-executive chairman. Time is short and bankers are anxiously awaiting their next move. The company must complete its IPO before the end of the year to keep access to a crucial $6 billion loan. We were conceded last week that its grandiose plans for going public would have to wait after talks with potential investors lowered expectations for the company's planned IPO valuation to $15 billion or less. Among the concerns that they voiced, Newman's controversial style and control of the company.
0: Rarely has so much gone so wrong so fast for a young company in the spotlight. Uh, Kelly McKellany, a professor at the University of California's Berkeley School of Business, said it's Uber scale mess who she blames both the board and Newman for not learning from that company's earlier mistakes. He's really taken a first mover advantage that WeWork had in the space and blown it in a big way. The WeWork story is beginning to fit squarely into the era of unicorn capitalism. A young and charismatic Entrepreneur disrupts an industry, runs a follow of elders and investors, sometimes winning but sometimes failing to live up to their own hype. Institutions, including Benchmark Capital, one of WeWork's investors, pushed out Uber Technologies' uh, Travis Kalanick before the ride-hailing company went public. Still. Even if some directors want to oust Newman, it won't be easy, given the company's governance structure. Based on the number of shares he controls and their unique super voting rights, Newman has the power to get rid of the entire board on his own, according to the prospectus. Uh, It goes on and talks about all the uncertainty that we've reported on in the past around, around this. So, lots going on here. We have a very public fight now at the top of WeWork, Bobby. What do you think?
1: I am watching closely. I think that this is going to be a question of how much Mr. Newman is willing to cede control, at least the appearance of control, because as I understand it, he has, The way that the company's stock is structured as a private company, he has an outsized level of control. I think it used to be about 20 times other people. Now I think it's gone down to about 10 times other people. I was listening to, by the way, a number of really solid podcasts from the Wall Street Journal um, that they call The Journal. Um, So check those out, everyone. But they go into um, how he has created... A situation where, and and many founders in recent successes in Silicon Valley have been on this trend where they are able to raise money in the private markets on their personality, on the promise, on framing their story as a technology story in this case versus a real estate story. It was interesting at the top of this article, they do do, um, frame it as a real estate company, this journalist does, these journalists do, but the companies always try to frame themselves as a technology company because that will value them in a higher way. The company right. that used to be called Regis, now the the current name is slipping my mind. I feel like it's IWT, but their competitor yeah. is valued at about one-tenth or was until recently. Obviously, WeWork's valuation just went down, but uh, Their biggest competitor, which has a very comparable business, was valued until recently at one-tenth of the size, and that to a large degree is because WeWork has been successful in the private markets at positioning themselves as a Silicon Valley um, technology kind of startup in that sort of framework rather than a real estate company. And the other thing is that people are now getting a look at the books, and they haven't been able to see the books until now. And they are seeing that the company, while growing relentlessly and very strongly, has also been spending crazy amounts of money, some people might say, to fuel that growth. And they need the cash. So even though Mr. Newman is in, very much in control of the company right now, if he wants the money from these bankers, he may have to do some serious thinking about what he wants to do going forward. And by the way, he, one of the controversies about him is that he has taken cashed out some money from the company. So he'll be just fine on a personal level. Well,
0: and I think just that's... So everyone knows. <laughs>
1: He's taken a, I, he's taken a much larger amount of money out of the company this is according to the journal um than than similar situations.
0: I think that that's kind of the lesson for all of us because whether he remains in control or not for me isn't the big point it's Control at what cost? Because at this point in the game, he knows that a lot of people on his board aren't behind him. He knows that SoftBank, who has most of the skin in the game, uh, who's you know ponied up so much money for this, isn't really behind him. So when you have all these people that historically have had your back and they no longer do... Is it really fun running the company? I mean, one of my favorite books written by Tony Shea, who uh, who created Zappos, just uh, what's that book called? Building Happiness, I think. Um, something Sounds, something like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tony talks about his company before Zappos and about how he had these people and it just became a lot of fighting and he realized all of a sudden he didn't want to go in every day. And at this point, I don't know. I don't know. How fun is it going to be for him to even go to work? Um, and I know you can 't value everything based on fun or or even based on on just well, I own it, so it 's mine but but I think that um, I think there is something to be said for having work that you find meaningful and having people around you that you 're on the same page with and um, and it 's got to be. It's got to be frustrating. Frankly, if I were him, I would be thinking seriously about, okay, did I build this thing? Do I now go, do I now go and build something else? Do I let somebody else have this and I go build something else? Because how, how, how horrible would it be to, to wake up and, and, and the people, there's daggers all over your back.
1: Yeah. By the way, our season one alum, cast member, Jim Wang, is with us. He is giving us all the information that is not at the top of our minds. So Regis became IWG uh, and that is International Work Group play, Workplace Group. And the book that you were thinking of, Joe, is Delivering Happiness.
0: Fantastic book. Just
1: I think he makes some great points, Joe. But I also want to add that, you know, he's run the business spending a ton of money for growth. And because of that, he now is... In a position where he has to look for cash which is kind of a shame that he's in this position given what amazing work he's done i mean whatever the you know all the details are the the we work phenomenon has truly been a disruptor in the industry and what's been accomplished is phenomenal but at a cost and now they're at a point where they are have such spending needs beyond what they are earning and that, I think, is an analogy for all of us. Sometimes maybe you don't want to grow that fast. I don't know. Um, but he's grown so fast and so phenomenally. And, and really, like I said, disrupted. You know, no one could ever take that away from him. But now they are dependent on getting this cash. They need the cash.
0: Yeah, and look at how quickly expectations change. I mean, earlier, it made a ton of sense. Grow the company very quickly. Spend a ton of cash to do it. Amazon did it that way, right? I mean, how long did it take Amazon to find any type of profitability? They just kept growing and growing and growing. And people kept saying Jeff Bezos was crazy and that that company was going to go nowhere. Well... It didn't quite happen that way, did it? So, but the second that they decided they were going to go public, all of a sudden you're like, are they a real estate company or are they a tech mm-hmm. company? And then the valuations start to come down. And then because of the fact that, uh, you know, some of the uh, PR stuff wasn't handled specifically the way maybe it should have been, and there's, a, there's a couple of missteps. Now, all of a sudden, now the, the grumblings from the board start coming out, the grumblings from SoftBank start coming out. Like expectations, when you're dealing with investors, I'll say this just as a former financial planner. When markets were going up, expectations for my clients were one thing. Expectations, the minute the market started going down changed immediately. And it was phenomenal. These people who told me that they were the most risky people on earth all of a sudden became the most risk adverse people on earth. And I remember talking to one client about uh, the, the the management of her funds because she had, you know, this is back in the day when there were a lot of active managers in the 90s. And I was talking about this manager and here's what's happening. And she looked at me across the table and said, I don't care what's happening." I just need somebody to blame and I blame you. Oh my goodness. Yes. And yeah. well, well, and think about that. We work, we expectation when they went public started going down. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden all these people that have big money on the table start getting disgruntled and start going, yeah. I think we gotta fire the founder. You know? I mean, it's just like yeah. a football team or any sports team when all of a sudden there's some crack in the armor, they don't have a season like they always had. People start start pointing the finger at each other. Money is money. Scary that way.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because a lot of the information that people are talking about now has been there for quite some time. The things that the, the sort of red flags that people didn't like were there it's not new that Mr. Newman did have controlling shares of the company. And by the way, he's not alone in that. And I don't, you know, it's interesting because years ago, the flip side was happening where you'd have these founders that are putting in their initial money, their friends and family money. They're doing so much work. And these, uh, VC companies had a reputation for coming in, giving them money, but then taking, basically taking the companies away. These founders would have very small control. So I think, I mean, hats off to them, to the guys that have been able to retain their control because sure. that is their company. So you have to give them credit for that. Everyone should do the best they can. And if they've been able to create a scenario where they retain take control, that's capitalism. That's what they've been able to do. They've had that leverage. That said, this is not new. They knew that he had this overwhelming control. Of the private shares. And they knew, for example, that he was doing things like buying properties that he owned and then leasing them to WeWork. They knew that he, for example, um, originally he had, when they renamed the company, the We Company, he owned that trademark and then was licensing it to WeWork. So he was doing these things and nothing to my knowledge was necessarily kept secret. People, I think, knew about it, but because now we're going to public markets, maybe now it's getting a little more scrutiny.
0: It's it's going to be interesting to see where this comes out. You know, I I just look at companies before this, and the first thing I think of is Snap, and I think about how they had a similar ownership structure, and the founders, you know, had a had an iron grip. And now I think those owners look, those founders look back, those founders look back, and they go, uh, "We probably should have done things a little differently." should have totally done things differently during that time. I think we're going to leave it right there, Bobby. And oh,
1: wait. No, no, no. We have oh. to do one quick thing, though, Joe. We oh. didn't do our Instagram poll. We did not do so the poll. We, did, we have to do. I, just, I completely forgot about that because we're both so passionate <laughs> about this topic. Um, but I did not ask you. So we asked our Instagram audience, and we're going to see what Joe thinks everybody said.
0: I'm going to get this all wrong.
1: All right. And by the way, this was on our Instagram stories at money friends pod. So please participate in the future. If you didn't participate in this, we got really good participation, by the way, will we work CEO Adam Newman lose the CEO title during the IPO process? What do you think uh, was the answer and what do you think ballparky the percentages were?
0: I think the answer is even, even though he uh, can maintain control, I'm not sure how many people know that at a time, but even though he can, I come back to the question of, do you want to? So I would say he loses control and I think it's, but it's going to be close. It's going to be like a 60, 40 kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't tell you the answers. were the, 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 the options were Adam owns this. And the other answer was uh, he's so out. So those are the two things. So you're saying 60, 40 in favor of he's so out.
0: Yep, 60, 40. He's so out.
1: Okay. It actually was 91%. He's so out.
0: 91, 91% he's out. Percent, yeah. and we
1: had nice participation well, there. Uh, so there you go. And we did have, um, let me just read you, let me just pick one comment. Um, Cause we asked what else people thought about this. We had Vincent uh, added, it seems like he wants to be Elon Musk, but got too big for his britches mm-hmm. and forgot about work. So thank you for that comment, Vincent.
0: Yeah. And I, well, and I also think, I mean, I love that. I love that uh, response from people because I think it goes back to, even if, even if he can stay, do you stay when nobody really wants you there? When you walk in every day and and your board doesn't want you there, the people behind the money don't want you there. Um, it's it'll it'll be interesting. That is interesting. Ninety one percent. That's bigger yeah, than I thought. Ninety
1: one percent. And I did the same poll on my personal one, and it was very similar. You know, you the money doesn't the people that have the money, which is ultimately what matters at this point strategically, and to keep going, the money doesn't want him there. His employees might really like him. I don't know. I mean, he's supposed yeah. to be very. I've never met him. Very charming.
0: Today's show is brought to you by Tiller, uh, Tiller Money. Uh, Tiller is a platform for managing your money. It is a way to not just track expenses like a lot of apps out there do. If you use Mint, you know what I'm talking about. You uh, are able to track what you spent yesterday. But setting up a budget is something completely different. With Tiller, you can first set up what your parameters are for your budget and then automatically download things to the spreadsheet and then track how you, expend, how you spent money on the back end. So instead of getting half of your daily personal financial picture, you get it all in one place, and it's incredibly customizable. If you want 20% off your annual subscription, head to com forward slash Tiller. That's T I L L E R for more. Thanks to Tiller for supporting our show, and thanks to you for using our link if you uh, decide to use Tiller because that keeps us podcasting. So, Bobby, what is our takeaway? You, I, feel, I feel like, yes, yesterday- okay, I feel like with Thomas Cook, you know, yesterday, like there's so many takeaways here. But I think but I think that Vincent hit it on the head and that is the idea of hubris and about how important relationships are inside any business. I think my biggest takeaway is that Is that no matter how smart you are, no matter how much you have the answers, the bigger your company gets, the more you have to work with people. And understanding how to work with people becomes so incredibly important. Because the time that you're going to find out that people don't have your back because of maybe past transgressions or maybe your ego or things that have happened, whatever it might be, the time you find that out like now with WeWork, is exactly when you don't want to have that happen. Uh, This couldn't be a bigger horror story for WeWork and for the founder of the company.
1: Whoa, that was intense. Dude. This is what I think. When you are spending more than you have coming in, it can put you in a vulnerable position, and you may have to make decisions based on a need for funding, thereby impacting your autonomy, Mr. Newman. If it is just you and no one is looking, well, that's one thing. But if you want someone else's help in the form of money, well, things change. WeWork has been extremely successful raising money and pushing the lines on ethics as a private company. But now with transparency, they will have to adjust to the spotlight.
0: Uh, So true. It's funny because... uh... We have uh we do this in front of a Facebook audience and I think uh you and Mike are on the same page, Bobby. He says starting a company is different than scaling and much different than sustaining. Uh, very, very similar thought there. Thanks to everybody for hanging out with us today, whether you're listening or you are uh, hanging out with us on Facebook, making the podcast. Thanks to everybody who's left us a review of the show. We appreciate that. And Bobby, if people want to take part in our polls or hang out with us on social media, how do they find us?
1: At Money Friends Pod on both Instagram and on Twitter and Definitely stay close to the Instagram stories if you want to participate in our polls and get a possible shout out on the show.
0: And coming up on Thursday, our new lineup for the next four months of, uh, of thought leaders. And I can't wait for you to see who we have coming to the show. It's going to be so fun. All right. That's going to do it. Uh, on behalf of my friend Bobby Rebel from Financial Grown Up, I'm Joe Salciha. We'll see you next time back here at Money with Friends. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Our engineer is Caden Thompson. And for a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with a real episode of Money with Friends.